Welcome to the 23rd episode of the Endurance Asia podcast and this week we're joined by Jessie Montague or the Smiley Spartan as she's uh, more well known on on Instagram. Uh, Jessie is a a pro Spartan athlete. She has uh, an amazing story of of transformation. She's gone uh, from the past two years of not having run or done any sort of endurance sports to um, to becoming one of the very top um, top Spartan athletes across the Asia region. She's right at the pointy end of every single race and is uh, is gunning to sort of win the series again this year. So um, great to have her come on and, and hear about her her story of uh, of transformation, which is which is really inspiring. It's been a really tough sad week for the endurance community in Asia with the passing of of Nick Timworth, um, a previous guest on the podcast along with uh, his founders and and teammates at Racebase Asia. Um, Nick was an absolute stalwart of the the trail running community um, in Hong Kong and and I think I, I speak for most people that everyone sort of that interacted with Nick in any way like felt like they knew him intimately he was just a had such a presence um across social media like one of the best social media practitioners I've ever come across um and just a genuinely good guy just like the and, and his passion for for the sport that we all love endurance sports and and trail running um just consistently shone through and I mean he's been through um and his family have been through a couple of years of really really tough time so um extremely extremely sad to hear the news this week and uh, um Rick and I'll have a little chat at the end of the podcast um I I, Nick wasn't the biggest fan of uh, of Spartan and OCR um so it's kind of ironic that we've got a Spartan athlete coming on the um on this week but um I think he like respected and uh, any any athletes that are pushing themselves and uh um yeah Jessie's also a, a a trail runner at heart as well she's um she's smashed a few races but um but yeah extremely sad we the thoughts go out to everyone that was really um that was really close to Nick I think for those of us that weren't extremely close we still felt close to him um I mean I met with him quite a few times and um and used to speak like communicate with him a lot on 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 the socials and um yeah I think we all feel like we've been through this journey with him over the last uh, last couple of years so yeah Rick and I'll get on the end to to discuss what we think about the impact that he's had on the um on the trail running and ultra and endurance community in Asia so with that well, let's uh, let's kick off with um with Jesse Montague like the truthful story if they ever ask Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad Hey Jesse, welcome to the Endurance Asia podcast Thanks so much for having me It's 
to have you here or, or should I call you the smiley Spartan what's, uh, what's yeah, your I mean, alias that is funny I do go to races and people will say oh you're smiley Spartan racer so yeah it's cool but I, I go by either <laughs> okay cool well look it's great to have you um, have you join the podcast you're the you're the second OCA, OCR racer that we've had on and uh, it's been a big week for you right it has been a big week yeah I've had some um, really exciting news uh, yesterday I announced that I'm now one of the Spartan pro team for the year so really really excited about that so, yeah excellent and is that for because obviously you're based here in Singapore yes um, there's obviously a couple of leagues across the Asia Pacific so like yeah, are you representing Singapore for the um Yeah, so it Spartan? works kind of two ways. You represent the country that your passport is. So I'm technically representing the UK, um, yeah. but I'll obviously be under the Singapore umbrella as well. So yeah, a bit a bit of both. So you get nice. to wear like yeah, yeah both flags on you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so yeah, from the UK, like uh interested, what's what's your background? Um oh interesting question. So fitness actually in terms of my life is relatively new to me. So I finished university um in 2013 and was really overweight i had done no sports as a child i'd done no sports as a teenager i joined the swim team in uni because i heard that the nights out were really good and i'd go and sit i'm quite ashamed to say this now i'd go and sit in the shallow end of the swimming pool talk to my friend while everyone else swam and then i'd go home and have dinner so i was really the epitome of, of no fitness um and because of that just had really unhealthy lifestyle so when i finished university it's funny everyone always looks back and says to me when they look at the photos oh I never noticed that you were that big or Jess you didn't look that big because you're quite tall as well how are you how yeah, tall are you like I'm five seven and a half um okay. but I didn't it's funny so my nickname at school was Spongebob because I was square and then I had so my legs are actually skinnier then than they are now so I carried all my weight around my torso which obviously now know is not good um but yeah so Apparently, I carried it well. No one, no one noticed, or so they didn't tell me. Um, and so I, I don't know. Apart from calling you SpongeBob. Apart from calling me SpongeBob, which kind of felt like a term of endearment at the time, but yeah, I don't know. Um, well, you have something in the, the UK called Slimming World. Okay. Okay. Not heard of it, so okay. So basically, it's what, like a it's, Weight Watchers thing or it, something. Yes. So you okay. go, you pay money, they weigh you, and then it's like a clap from the room or a boo from the room, depending on if you've lost or gained weight. So okay, I decided that a that load that of would, peer pressure. Yeah. It's like how can you be judged into losing weight? Um, <laughs> I still don't quite know how it worked. It was quite effective. So I've lost since I started. I've lost about twenty-five kilos now. Um, wow. Yeah, so uh, my friend Mike likes to say that it's the, the of a small person. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, so I mean, a lot of the weight did come off from that, but I think it was more just I was starting to pay attention to what I was eating. I wasn't going out four nights a week and drinking. Um, every night would end in cheesy chips when I was at university, so that was a disaster. <laughs> Where so, did you go to uni? <laughs> Nottingham Trent. I was, was going to say it was like yeah. a nor. Yeah, yeah, I had, I had a couple such of friends a great time, to Trent, but. Yeah. Yeah, for fitness, it, it wasn't great. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, so lost a lot of weight first and then moved on to getting into exercise. And then when we moved here, kind of got a bit more serious about it. So that was five years ago. Yeah, okay, you moved to Singapore five years ago, yeah. right. And then did a Spartan race and it was that that kind of really made me reassess where I was at. <laughs> right, so um, how many years ago was the first race that you did? So the first race that we did, I was thinking about this earlier, actually. I think it was about three years ago now so we had a friend my friend Benina who'd basically said let's all go and do a race together and I was like okay at that point I was going to the gym quite often maybe five times a week but I was more of kind of like bro sessions weightlifting that kind of thing 
Um, and I was like, oh no, I don't do cardio because I'll lose my muscle gains. I had no muscle gains at this point. It's hilarious. Yeah. I look back on the photos and I'm like, oh, you had no idea. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I no cardio. So my friend Benina is like, let's all go and do this Spartan race together. It'll be fun. So like, okay, we sign up as a team. And I'm like, okay, I should probably be able to run a kilometer before I do this five kilometer Spartan race. At this point, I cannot run, do not know how to, if I can run a kilometer. So I text Sean actually when I was done, like, yay, I've run one kilometer, that's great. Um, and worked it up quite gradually to being able to run three kilometers. And then I was like, oh, it's five kilometers on the day, I'll be fine. Like, I'm quite fit, I'm quite strong. Oh my word, it was literally the worst hour and a half, two hours of my entire life. It was so embarrassing. So I ran out with a friend who, thought I was going to be kind of level peggings with, bless her. And then she was so much fitter than me. So I ended up, no joke, like medical tent, standing next to it. My skin felt like it was on fire. I was so hot. I didn't know what to do to cool myself down. I failed pretty much every obstacle going. Honestly, looking back, And so did you abysmal. do all of the burpees at each one or did so you know? So I am ashamed to say that by the end of the... So I started strong. By the end of the race, I had done so many burpees that we were kind of getting through maybe 25 and then just going, okay, I'm just going to move on now. <laughs> but it, yeah, it was pretty dire and kind of got to the end and was like, no, that cannot be my journey with that. I need to have another stab at this. So what's funny is that Sean always says that how worse, how bad that I did, he did worse. And there's a photo where I'm trying to point to the cameraman at the finish line. And the photo looks like I'm pointing and laughing at him as he crosses the finish line, but I wasn't. Um, but yeah, so had quite the transformation. And I think that is the moment where I actually started focusing on fitness rather than just what I look like in the mirror. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Um, you mentioned Sean. Sean's yes. your- Oh, sorry, Sean's your, my husband. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, <laughs> and, your husband. And my coach, so. Okay. <laughs> Wow. Okay. Yeah, we'll be able to dig into that a little bit. I can only imagine what it would be like if I coached my uh, my wife. Oh my god. Um, but um, yeah. So the, so three years ago, you like it's really int- the one thing. Look, I, I, the one thing about Spartan and OCR races is. I'm a bit of a purist and actually I've like, talked about it before. Like I always thought like, the Tough Mother is mm. a bit. It's it's one of the. It, they're not races, the uh-huh. Tough Mudder style. It's yes. just like a participation event. And I agree you with turn that. up, you yeah. get a t-shirt, you get a medal. It's like, yeah, but you're not racing. Yeah. And it's kind of a bit gimmicky. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of my thoughts around, uh, around the OCR originally, because I'd thought of the Tough Mudder style. Um, and, but the great thing about that is it, even though it's like a particip- participation event, it gets people into sport, 100%. right? It's like, yeah. a, it's like a feeder, you know, it's yeah. a feeder into, yeah. like, into taking it more seriously and then to over, improving your overall fitness. So it seemed to be that way for you, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, I'm a very much all or nothing person. So having this race and, I mean, like I say, we were doing it as a team. We were kind of, it was that community vibe that you talk about. And I think there's so much space for it then. I've had a lot of people, um, me and Sean, have just kind of launched a bit of a community space with Team Grit OCR and what we've noticed is that people will reach out and they've got no background in fitness or they they're like struggling to do as I was a kilometer run and actually it seems accessible to them and they see the community and I think that's what it is for me it's that community vibe that's what makes it so approachable and you can you can come and do it you can do a bit of a run you can choose to do burpees in the open heat and it is like you say it's that kind of baby steps towards working up to competition because 
until I did a Spartan race competitively, like I say, I did nothing as a child. My first Spartan race here in age group was the first time I'd ever competed in any kind of fitness. And it was, I'd, I've learned Apart a lot school, about... sports day sort of thing. It was the very... Well, the problem is I didn't really, you know, yeah. I tried everything I could to get out you of them. The, so, you forgot yeah, your exactly. Yeah, I had a day. medical note if possible. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, it was a lot of learning curves for me. But it's, it's good. So you, you failed miserably at the first one and then realized actually I've, I, you know, I've got to prove myself here to exactly. myself more than anything. And so what, what sort of how did, that's the start of the journey so where did yeah. it where did it go from there so I realized that as much as I was claiming that my bro sessions were about strength that actually really needed to do some cardio and cardio is important and running is probably valuable so yeah. me and Sean were both like all right let, let's give this a go um at that point he wasn't coaching me so it was kind of a, okay well I know that the running was awful so I'll run more and actually like I say all or nothing I then ran so much and it got a bit much and I got loads of injuries and had like a lot of experiences from that but basically the way that it played out for me is I did the first race that was a disaster and then it was about four months until another one so then I made the decision to race in age group so if you don't know how it works there's open where you come you do as you wish choose to do burpees you have a nice time do it with the team Age group is policed like the elite field, but there's no cash money. So you come, there are obviously specific age groups, and then there's a podium for first, second, third, and you get an extra medal. So that was a really nice kind of safe space. Um, I didn't really know how I was going to perform. I had no idea about what the competition was. Um, and I had no background on competing, so I had no idea what that would look like. I just knew that I wanted to work hard, and I was going to give it everything I had. So race rolled around, was so no, I didn't sleep like the week before. It was, because I'd never competed before, so I didn't know how to deal with the pressure. I had some friends who were really kindly like, you're gonna smash it, like telling people at work she's gonna win, and I didn't know how to cope with that, and that was really overwhelming. So yeah, it, it fully consumed me in the week leading up to it, which is not ideal for pre-race conditions, <laughs> as it turns out. So went off the start line, was horribly nervous, gave it everything I had and came fourth. Now for me, fourth is the actual worst place that you can position in a race. So it was like that, you're close, but you're not close enough. <laughs> so I crossed the finish line and actually it was a really lovely race. I met some of my closest friends at that race. So lots of amazing memories from it. It was obviously it. in Singapore, it was on sprint, sprint again. Sprint on okay. Sentosa, yeah. So the sand was something that I wasn't really prepared for. And like I say, I, I'd literally been doing fitness in the terms for six months. Like I shouldn't really have been expecting a podium in the first place. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so then fourth was like, right, now I've got all the drive. Now I want that podium spot so much. Um, and so sat down, reassessed, um, and then had a really successful year from there. Started traveling for races and was consistently on the podium for the rest of that age group year. Yeah. That was really exciting. And then basically flew in October to, went on holiday with my dad. And there was a stadium race here in January 2019. Yeah. And I'm saying to my dad, okay, if there's ever a distance that's going to be mine, I could do quite well at a stadium because it's still 5K, but it's, it's more of like a CrossFit style. So you get box jumps, you get ball slams, you get rope. Like it's a different format and it's 15 burpees if you fail, an obstacle rather than 30. And it's obviously, you haven't got the terrain. So it's yeah. stairs, which I'm quite good at. And so I was like, right, okay. 
do I or don't I move to elite? Like, am I there yet? I've got that huge imposter syndrome of do I belong? Can I stack up against these incredible ladies? And they've all got crazy six packs and I'm still a bit chubby, but can I and yeah my dad doesn't give me any crap so it was like you're gonna go and do it and don't bother telling me otherwise (laughs) so that's when we made the decision that Sean would take me on officially as my coach um we ramped up my training we did everything we could and it was interesting so I didn't realize the stadium race is slightly different they send you off in waves so I'd been expecting to stand on the the line group even in the elite group yeah so every minute they send off another group of 10 so I'd been expecting to be on the start line with familiar faces because I'd never run an elite race I was automatically bumped down so all my friends I was like okay it's okay I'll be on the start line with these people they all went a minute ahead of me and I was like oh no (laughs) um luckily had some familiar faces and what's really great is I get really bad race brain so the minute I started I'd forgotten about that minute gap and I just it had just gone from my head and my aim was just go as fast as you can and so hadn't like you do not have the time to process any thoughts during a race that fast like I was redlining the whole way across the finish line and was absolutely baffled when someone put a third place lanyard over my neck and literally it was really cool because my class were there so my class had come down to race with me so one of the little girls gave me my medal so that was really uh, sweet so you're, a, you're a teacher so, here yeah, in Singapore sorry. at I'm a teacher at Tanglin Trust School. Oh, so, Tanglin Trust, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I have an amazing bunch of kids, and yeah. But I mean, yeah, they came down to they, support you. So they you came down day. and to race as well. Um, and then it turned out that actually, because of the minute time difference, no one was expecting someone in the second wave to cross that quickly. So then I'd actually got second place because my time was slightly faster than the second place that was a minute ahead. Yeah. So yeah, it literally blows my mind now, still thinking about it. And had a really really good year last year so just super chuffed really yeah um, <laughs> and so that was the that was the first race of the 2019 season the then. First race, yeah, yeah. yeah yeah and so how many how many races do you have to do in a season then to be able to because uh, you get points obviously for each yeah. of the races so the more races you do the higher you are you're so they announce the series when they're ready um so last year they actually announced the southeast asia series really late and so of the four races i was actually out of the country for two so i didn't do the series last year so the races that i took part in obviously were part of them but you miss two races you're out yeah so that i took that as that was what it was it was unfortunate but there was nothing i could do about it um i had previous commitments and so i just used last year as a how many races can I get in? So obviously races go on, some are series races, some are not. And I just chose to go to the ones that looked fun. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, yeah. So how many did you end up doing in 2019? So then? I did six in 2019. Okay. And yeah, it was, it was a great year. And then how did, uh, how did you perform across the six then? Did you, did you um, podium for, for each one? I did, yeah. So, oh, actually I did two in the UK as well. So uh, okay. six here, two in the UK. I did not podium in the UK. I got a fourth and a fifth. So I know that there's work to be done there. And that's something that's going to really be a priority for me is, yeah, I need, they're just really fast runners. (laughs) I've still got a lot of work to do on my running, but that's okay. It's exciting. Um, Yeah. So six races, um, three golds, three silvers. And what was really exciting is that um, Spartan have five different distances. And so I managed to podium all five distances and I'm the first person, Jack Bowers, the OCR stats guy. Um, So according to him and all the knowledge that we have, 
I'm the first person to do that in their first elite year. So that was super exciting. Right, yeah. burst onto the scene <laughs> in style. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, and so what distances were? Because for those that haven't done them before, yeah. like what are the sort of five different distances? So the stadium and the sprint are 5k. Yeah. Um, the super used to be between 13-ish. It's now been dropped to a 10, so it's standardised 10 now. Yeah. Um, the beast is a 21 and the ultra ultra is a 50 okay so that was super fun did you do the one in jb or i where did, did the one in sarawak in sarawak was, okay, cool. i mean shout out to dave tully race director in malaysia it was an incredible race the terrain was amazing we were running through the jungle and you could hear the orangutans in the trees above you it was really cool yeah um, amazing and what so where where's your um what's your sweet spot you mentioned before that like the stadium style race is your yeah it's really interesting i think it's hard. I really liked the 50K, but I don't like the recovery. Hmm. So if I could live the 50K race, train for it, do it, and then recover straight away, I think that would be my race. It w- really affected my training for a month afterwards. And I don't know whether that comes from just not doing them enough or not being kind of set up enough for them. But I really struggled with the, the aftermath of that. I think in the actual race performance sense... I think it's the shortest and the longest. I like to live in a pain cave. So I, yeah. I kind of, if it sucks, either it sucks because it's short and it's redlining or it sucks because it's long and it's hard. That's when I kind of turn myself on. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So yeah. either end of the scale yeah. for, for the races, yeah. Um, so you have you have you done, I remember us chatting before, you've done a few trail races as well, right? Yeah, so I did in the lead up to the 50K Ultra, I also did TMBT, which yes, was yeah. amazing. Absolutely loved it. If you're looking for a trail race in, in this way, I'd definitely recommend it. So you would have done it in 2019 yeah last, last year, year. Yeah. yeah yeah cool yeah, yeah so yeah. i did it about two months before the ultra for spartan yeah. just as a bit of a wreck it was really beneficial because i mean i know that lots of people obviously long and slow it i didn't i didn't have that experience so as far as kind of fueling and training was going i hadn't ever had to fuel really at all yeah. and i'd kind of choked down some gels and it's 21k so you can kind of bow through that and if the gels don't work you're right because you can still get to the end whereas 50k i knew that i needed a nutrition plan and that took a, a lot of learning so that was interesting yeah how did you get on in it um i came third oh you did okay yeah. nice so yeah which was i had had gone into it with absolutely no expectation i yeah. didn't even know if i could finish 50k um and me and my friend so you'd never obviously done a marathon if you'd never trained I'd never done never a marathon, marathon or no. even a half marathon other than a spartan so i'd distance. done a spartan 21 and that yeah. was it in training i'd worked up to about 30k but yeah, I was kind of using that as a bit of a test for, for the long stuff, um, for the ultra. And so me and my friend had decided we'll do it together. We'll do it as fun. Like it looks beautiful. Let's go. And so, yeah, I had to kind of plan to run with a friend, had no sights on a podium because some of the trail runners around here are just insane. Yeah, legit. Um, Legit, so legit. And went off the start line. And I think me and my friend just quite naturally realized that we were running very different races. And so we kind of stuck together for the first couple of kilometers and I'd kind of run up a bit of a hill and then stop and check that she was kind of all right. And then she was like, dude, just go and run your own. Because I'm like chomping at the bit. Like, I've got yeah. more energy than I need. Like, let's go. Um, yeah, so we kind of separated. And I was like, see you at the end. And just kind of, 
I was just having a lovely time. The views are amazing. Have you done the race? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've um, oh my god. So especially the hundred last year. I did. I did. I've done the fifty okay. before. Yeah. So the the start of it's stunning, right? With so uh, with cool. yeah, Mount Kinabalu in the background. Although yeah. it's a bit of road start, yeah, but it's um, the views you, are enough to make the, up. For yeah, hundred percent. <laughs> and yeah. then like every. Every time I would be thinking, oh, I might be a bit tired now, there'd be an adorable villager who'd set up like a little shop on the side of the road or they'd be cheering me on or... Yeah, it was it was awesome. And I was just running through the jungle thinking, oh my word, I am so lucky to be able to do this. And like, it was tough, don't get me wrong, but I find, I find that the ultra is quite satisfying. It's like just chip away at it and you've got to keep going. And it's that mental toughness that I like to test. So... I just had a really nice time doing it and then kind of came into the last checkpoint and was like, oh, actually, I could probably ask what position I'm in now. And so I said to them, the ladies, like, do you have any idea what position I'm in? And she's like, uh, you're either third or fourth. So I was like, holy shit. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I was like, okay, I can probably turn this up a bit now. Like, let, let's make third a thing. Um, and I was actually in third at that point. But the climb at the end. Yeah, was, up through the pineapple. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it literally took me about 15 minutes to do, like, 400 meters at one point. I was like, <laughs> this is brutal. Um, but I just was like, I was playing all kinds of games in my head. Um, I was like, just one foot in front of another. And, yeah, I managed to cross in third. So yeah, no, we're a big fan of that race. In fact, a lot of people we've had on the podcast have had that as their first ultras. So yeah, it's interesting it me, was yeah. yours yeah <laughs> and it's um and yeah the view you get when you get to the end of the 50 oh, as well so cool. yeah it's, it's a great spot it sounds like you i mean obviously you probably got some um uh, uh, a pretty structured plan for your 2020 um, <laughs> i do but um, maybe you can squeeze in a few uh, a few trail races <laughs> so in it's, there as training. it's funny i do um i have to bargain with sean and i'll be like okay so so for example spartan have announced an ultra in i think it's june or july Whereabouts? Um, uh, in Malaysia. Okay. So I in spoke JB. to it's Iskander, I think. Or okay. no, maybe it is JB. I'm not sure. Okay. It's not a race, race that I've been to before, but I okay. spoke to Dave and he said that it's nice terrain. So I want good views. Like the idea of running a road 50K, just, oh, it's not for me. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm trying to bargain for that to be added to my race season. But obviously it's a bit harder with the 50s because my recovery takes a bit longer but just being out on the trails just makes me so happy so yeah i'll get any that i can in there so this this year you're like a, a pro spartan athlete so now you have to uh, and congratulations <laughs> so to that's cool um and so you've um have you got to commit to do like all the races in the um in the season or? so that was on my radar anyway yeah. so um yeah so i really made it a priority to make sure we hadn't <laughs> have made no plans because spartan took quite a while to announce their season so there have been no things dates inputted everything's been kind of i need to wait and see uh yeah so five races and i'll be at all of them this year which is super exciting and then like i say fitting in what i can around them as well um and then world champs in december um if i qualify i'll be going so okay and those five races i take it like malaysia philippines singapore yeah so the first one was due to be vietnam but it's been obviously postponed so yeah. it'll be sarawak in malaysia then vietnam uh the philippines for a beast chiang mai which is fun because that's cool. a new location and then finishing here in august which is exciting fun. Yeah. yeah home turf to finish woohoo <laughs> yeah yeah um and so how do you make it to um to the world champs then do you have so to do you have to finish in the top spot or top um you have to oh no i'm never very good at this i have to qualify in a series race i think 
I'm not very good at remembering all of this. All okay. I know is run fast and if I get on the podium, I'll be okay. <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah <laughs> My yeah. friend Alona is always like, oh no, it's this rule and this rule. And I'm like, oh, I just can't remember. Or you just remember. let your other half worry <laughs> about that. Did I make that? it? Yeah, sure. Exactly. I've got someone to do it for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and the World Champs is the one in Ta- Tahoe. So it was in Tahoe. This year it's been moved to Abu Dhabi, which I'm really? very excited about. Okay. I am not good in the cold. So yeah. Because if, if we, we've had um, Maggie Svetkovic on, uh-huh. on before and she, yeah. she's made it to the World Champs twice and mm-hmm. she's like got hypothermia yeah. pretty much both yeah, times. Like, no it's joke. Because re- it's no. in like February or March. Or uh, it's normally in around December. So it's, it's around like December, is it? Like in, in yeah. fucking snow season. Yeah, 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 and, yeah. It's crazy. and they make you and swim. So that's the thing spartan is that you're always going to see a swim so that's when it cold becomes a real problem yeah so, so abby dabby this year that's interesting exciting. yeah yeah and coming from the heat uh, what time of year will it be it would be the it's same time be of year December, okay yeah. so, so it, it won't be, be cooler, super hot yeah. but again nice advantage so yeah yeah trained in the heat i'm really excited and i mean like the girls in america are insane so yeah. i have very sensible expectations of that but it's just really interesting to see where you stack up right like yeah. i have no idea yeah of course um you mentioned your your other half Sh- yes. sean sean, sean. Yeah. so um uh how did it come about that he started training you and so is he an, was he like got background in personal training uh yes so he's lost a ton of weight so if you think i've lost a lot of weight on oh my word he's like half the human that he used to be and he's still a big guy um so yeah he kind of educated himself and then when we moved out here I came to teach and he was looking for something else so he moved into personal training so he's been doing it five years now um he's got the nutrition side of things and then when we got into Spartan he then did the Spartan SGX coaching so he's now a certified Spartan OCR coach got you um so yeah that's what he does obviously with his day job he trains people um he does online coaching he does PT with like a Spartan specific focus really um or OCR focus and so it was really hard at first because he because we've been together since we were 14 um so when we were 14 he wasn't necessarily that knowledgeable like we were at school together and I would literally send him out of my lessons because he would be messing around and I would be trying to concentrate so I'd be like literally the teacher couldn't control him and I would just turn around and be like Sean if you're either gonna stay in here and work or you're going to go away because I can't hear what she's talking about. And then he'd be like, okay, I'll see you later. Bye. And then <laughs> we'll just leave. Um, so yeah, I think when he then had all this knowledge, I didn't quite believe it. So I would be doing what I would think was right for my training. And he would like start to suggest things. And I'd be like, nope, nope. I think that's how most couples <laughs> are. It's like, no, I know better than you. Like you're and then, full of shit. Bless him. What was really awful is that other people would then suggest the exact same thing. And I'd be like, that's a great idea. <laughs> and I didn't know I was doing it. But yeah, I had real like hang ups with being able to kind of, because he's my husband. So I don't see him in this like official personal training mode. And I had to really get out of my head with that one. But yeah. And I think with like personal training, you almost just have to like give that, like they put the plan together and yeah. you just have to and trust everything trust they do. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and I'm a bit of a control freak. So that was hard. And I think that would be hard, whatever. Um, yeah. Like even with, like I go and see Kenny at the stretch clinic and I have to kind of be like, okay, so tell me why this is hurting because I need to understand exactly what's linking to what so that I can work it out. And he's like, oh, for God's sake, Jess, it just it hurts because of this. <laughs> but I can imagine actually that, I mean, actually Maggie is the same, like her and Chris obviously both race, both yeah. race and um, but having a couple, they're both doing the same sport with the same interest. Mm-hmm. It's actually really great, right? Because you're having the same, the yeah. same pastime. And, and I the- think having been together since we were so young, it could definitely have gone either way because if one of us had gone, because we're like, 
it's quite an extreme lifestyle now. I mean, we yeah. I don't really drink. We don't party hard. Like, we have an amazing group of people that, do you know what, on a Saturday, do you want to go and work out? Yes, they do. Brilliant. Like, that's my Saturday. Yeah. And I think if one of us had gone the other way with that, I don't think it would have been quite as successful. Yeah, it make, <laughs> makes it tougher. But, I, but at the same time, I can imagine it's very tough when your coach is your other <laughs> half, right? Cause well, it's, yeah, it's... I mean, bless him, he's very patient. So I have had to accept. I mean, I've got the evidence now. So last year, like I say, went better than I ever could have imagined. And that's partly down to me because I'm stubborn as anything. But it's hugely down to his program. Like, it only yeah. works because of his program. So yeah. And I so what is the program the for you then? How does it, what is it like a, um, uh, if, you're, if you've got a sort of 5K sprint coming yeah. up in the month beforehand, what is your, um, what is your training um, program look so like? So the good thing about OCR and the thing I love about it is that training has to stay really varied. So that's really nice. So for me, it'll be four-ish runs a week so one of those will be a speed session or on the hills and one of them will be part of like an OCR simulation so I'll go and throw in some running with some weights with some burpees with some other stuff um try and get some stairs in there as well to mimic the elevation are you around Fort Canning in Singapore Um, I actually train at Ministry of Fitness so they've got really great space for OCR they've got monkey bars they've got a multi-rig they've got a spear throw now which is amazing Um, there's nowhere in Singapore that you can train for a spear throw and I failed it so many times last year and yeah I've been training hard and my success rate is is highly improving so that's awesome Um, but they've got a block of they're on like the sixth floor six story so then you've got the staircase all the way up all the way down so that's always fun yeah yeah, yeah. and then i do a strength session i do some kind of focus work and a strength on, session would be like bar work with heavy yeah. or like deadlifts and yeah. yeah yeah all things kind of trying to hit muscle groups that obviously are affected when you're running and stuff like yeah. that so again i do what i'm told but yeah it's lots of kind of barbell work and, and stuff like that and then we do a crossfit session once a week which is like ultimate pain cave session which can be anything but it's it hurts that's my yeah favorite. yeah <laughs> there seems to be like a, there's been quite a lot of uh, crossover between crossfit mm. and, uh, and ocr um obviously like the yeah there's different techniques mm-hmm. and but the the i kind of consider when i think about who are the the best athletes in the world in yeah. terms of all round yeah. i put like OCR and CrossFit up there. Certainly the CrossFit games. I would got a put little... CrossFit way above us. Way above us. In my OCR. opinion. Really? Why I is mean, that? I just think, so I, when I talk, and this is just my opinion, obviously. I mean, yeah. they, they sell themselves as the fittest in the world. Yeah. If I went, and so we've seen now some crossover. So they invited some of the CrossFit athletes to come and do a Spartan race. Yeah. They, they, they did pretty well, yeah. yeah. Whereas I know if you took me to the CrossFit Games, oh my God, I'd make a laughing stock of myself. So there are, like when I talk about doing CrossFit, I, I mean, I call it baby CrossFit because I can't do any of the Olympic lifts. I could never hit the weights that they were hitting. Like, But then they could still hold their own on a trail. So I think yeah, yeah. for me, I think there is that kind of, they are above the, us in the sport. But then obviously sponsorships, money, lots of the CrossFit I mean the CrossFit athletes you're seeing at the games that is their entire day job so yeah. uh, what are you capable of if you can train and recover all day long I don't know but yeah I mean they are some high quality athletes it's yeah yeah I, the, the other one for me is like not really enjoy like or this kind of sport but um, mixed martial arts is uh, yeah, for me are like cool. all yeah. unbelievable athletes yeah absolutely um, but, uh, but yeah I, I, I do put, um, put o- OCR up there and uh, and so 
what what are your expectations from this year then? What are you um what what are you planning for? So if, uh, you've got five uh, five races in total. Five races in the series. I'll probably throw in the ultra. Um, yeah. There's one in Singapore. The Singapore one in March 28th is a series race. So I'll have to do that because it's home turf. Yeah, so, of course. Um, yeah, but my main focus is the series. So I'll be very much treating all the other races as B, C races. Um, do as well as I physically can in the series. I'd love to win it, but obviously you never know who's going to come out of the woodwork or who's training hard. So there's lots of girls here who are amazing. And, I mean, I'll throw down as much as I can, but yeah, I'll do my best to perform at the highest level that I can and then hopefully qualify for world champs and then I'll go and see how I stack up there. What does the competition look like in, um, in Southeast Asia for you? Um, you know, is... It's a small but mighty field. So yeah. like we had a race in Iskander um, in November last year and there were only five of us on the start line. And I think some people look at that and they're like, oh, five of you on the start line. But every single one of those five women, I was like, oh, dang, like you girls are amazing. Like this is tough competition. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's not a massive field. We never get huge numbers and Spartan are starting to gate as well. So we'll see the numbers kind of lessen. So um, you can only get into the elite if you've, if you've done an elite yeah. or like, you, yeah. Or, I think it's top 10. Okay. Um, but I think you often get kind of, you could only have 10 people in a race anyway. So it would be interesting to see how that plays out in Asia compared to the US where they've obviously got way more numbers yeah. but yeah it's strong competition just it's not necessarily hundreds of numbers but what I love about OCR is that the people that are my direct competition are the people that I train with every weekend so it's nice to be able to kind of train and share tips and then I'll oh, we'll do everything to beat you on the start line but when we finish yeah, yeah. <laughs> we can hang out and so it's there's awesome. a good competitive spirit there's like just a good community yeah. it's the yeah and it's just and that is the community is awesome and I have met so many friends and so many amazing people who are just couldn't do enough for anyone like it's just yeah it's really nice yeah, vibe. that's cool and so you talked a little bit about your your training you'll do four runs a week you'll do a strength session mm -hmm. you'll do um yeah what and then you'll do some specific like OCR yeah. technique stuff yeah because that was the thing for me I've only done one before and um the unless you're doing the monkey bars or like mm, the um multi -rig. the multi-ring yeah. which is there's a really specific technique that yeah. people are like I, I see the blokes do it where they like actually do it their arms at Locked right out. angles yeah and that's go, my um, dream i'm working on that <laughs> yeah it's, like what rather than do the like swing across what yeah. is what's the i what's the idea behind like staying locked is really good if it's wet so the minute that you start to swing, obviously your hand you is doing a rotated motion. So the chance of slipping off the ring is a lot higher than if you're going that way and you're staying locked out. Yeah. Um, I'm working on the back gains, but it's grip strength as well. So like one of the programs that me and Sean have put together is a grip program because you come into OCR and like everyone can carry a bucket and everyone can get the running done. But it's those upper body obstacles, the monkey bars, multi-rig that you tend to find people fail because yeah. you just your arms and your hands are not used to that way of training so the, the one I did here in Singapore they saved the monkey bar and the um, and the rings bit to the very end of course they did and it's like <laughs> that's Dave Tally for you yeah <laughs> that's so yeah. tough like they it, tend yeah. to put a gauntlet at the end which is um always fun but yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, and so how do you go but you mentioned that you've lost 24 kilos 25 kilos how do you go about nutrition then what's the like your sort of weekly nutrition because um, do you aim to sort of maintain a certain weight or do you actually not care about the weight that's or a really like, interesting question i think when i first started because it became 
when I first started, I had no goal. So the goal was just weight loss. So it all became about shifting more and more weight. And the focus was the scales and getting that number down. So I was really focused on how much I was eating. I was weighing everything that I was eating. I was putting it all into my fitness pal. I was going and having weekly like body scans and tracking my body fat percentage and how that had changed. And I'd get really bummed out if it had gone up and why was that and what's going wrong. Oh my God, I was a nightmare, my poor husband. Um, and it never got to the problem where it was a problem, but it got to the point where he was like, baby, you're getting a bit too Obsessive about this. it. Yeah. yeah, and that's my personality anyway, so I have to be careful with kind of getting really stuck on something. But what was really interesting is I read... So I then was still tracking. I was actually still tracking until November last year, November, December. And then I read a book um, by Matt Fitzgerald, Racing Weight. I don't know if you've read it. Really I've got book. like two of his books in my stack. Like <laughs> every amazing. person we have on the podcast recommends one of them. And now I'm like, I've just got loads of them in like, uh, yeah, yeah. ready to read. And I think for me... Sorry, was it called Racing, Racing Weight? Racing Weight. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So actually um, on the Team Grip blog, I've written a post about why I changed and what, how the book impacted that. So it's um, it was something that I had to kind of reflect on. And I basically didn't, and still don't sometimes see myself as an athlete. So I feel like a bit of a fraud. We're I came all from, athletes. Well, Everyone's uh, uh, got an athlete inside them. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, it took me a while to realize that actually I was training hard and I was training for a purpose. And I think for so long, because it had been about losing weight, I would then train hard to burn calories, to save calories, to then like spend on food. And I had to, so then what I would do is I'd do everything fasted and I would refuse to fuel for workouts because I didn't want to waste those calories because I could then go and eat something later and that would be better and had to get to the point where I was like, you're not training to perform, like you're training to have for how you look in the mirror yeah. and actually if you want to perform at an elite level, you've got to play the game And this was when you started right? Sparta, after you'd started Spartan or, yeah, really or prior no, to? This is like December. Oh, really? Um, okay, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so had and, that. And so what were your biggest learnings from the book? What were the sort of so the main takeaways? I mean, it, it's one that, like, I don't know how much people take them for it if they've got that experience already. Like, I had no background in fitness, but it was just, I was weighing everything and I just had to really realize that, like, I was just doing stupid things. Like, I'd get to the end of the day and, like, try and save calories throughout the day because I'd want to sit at home and have some chocolate or, like, something nice and yeah. actually... Because of that, what I was then doing was either eating for the sake of it because my fitness pal said I had calories left when actually I wasn't hungry at all. Yeah. Or I was like making poor nutrition choices to pick a, like, a low calorie option so that I then had more calories to bank when I wanted them. So I, I just was doing it. I had the wrong mindset. And I think I'd spent so long trying to lose weight that that had just become anything that I'd focused on. And actually moving to elite, at the start of 2019 made me realize that I need to focus on performance but I think I just kind of carried over that mindset oh I'm definitely focusing on performance now I'm tracking on my fitness pal because I need to make sure I don't lose muscle mass and I need to make sure that I'm getting enough calories and actually there's a really valuable thing to be said in actually listening to when you're hungry and eating when you're hungry not 100%. just because it's you've got the calories on my fitness pal or yeah. yeah, and I think one of the things that the book highlights is that like you should be predominantly focusing on real food. And actually, if you're hungry, eat something real and then see if you're still hungry. Because I think like from my childhood and stuff, I was quite an emotional eater. And that's where the weight came from. And so anytime anything went kind of wrong or I'd had a really stressful day, I would kind of, my brain would go straight to, okay, what can I eat? Or 
it's really I'll common, plan yeah. that in. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was more about kind of going, right, you are not hungry. Like, you're really not hungry. You need to actually tune into that. And you are now fueling to perform. Like, your performance is what you want from this. And it is. It's what I really want. And I've trained really hard for it. So I was doing all this work in the gym and then kind of pissing it out the wall when it came to nutrition. So. Yeah, so what, did, what does it look like from, from this year then? From now. So a lot more intuitive. Um, basically, just I don't believe in cutting anything out. So there's lots of stuff out there about kind of different things and stuff. But I very much just go for real food as much as I can. Um, I'm kind of tickling with plant-based i don't know i don't like to put a name on it if i'm out for dinner flexitarian flexitarian sure um i'll eat meat if i want to maybe once every week once every couple of weeks so it's a lot more just kind of healthy food trying to get seven fruit and veg a day basically trying to practice what i preach with my class like you teach about healthy eating and nutrition and then you kind of have to make sure you do it um it's tricky being a teacher because you have to eat at like set break times so trying to fit that in when you're actually like hungry is hard but i make sure i start every day with a smoothie um new zest do like some good green stuff which is basically a scoop full of like every vitamin that you could literally imagine yeah it's um, really good that stuff isn't it? it's so New good zest, yeah. yeah so be, i use that every day um because i'm having less meat try and have that protein shake at the start of the day and then just yeah good whole food um try and kind of focus on whole wheat carbs and just being sensible really yeah but i still could go out every now and then and have like a burger or pizza yeah. i really like pizza <laughs> yeah yeah but so you don't count macros anymore no. and uh and just to like eat when you're hungry do you still train fasted um it depends I try to especially running I really like to run fasted if I had a dream world where I didn't have to go to work or I went to work later 100% I would do most of my sessions fasted that's kind of how I prefer to train I do think there's a lot to be said especially with endurance and kind of training your gut so when I was doing the longer runs I was making sure that I was doing the fueling so that I could practice it yeah um the problem is I normally can't train until like Five or six PM, so that makes fasted really tricky. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, but yeah. The weekend, yeah, as much as I can. So. Yeah, and you mentioned like a focus on real food. A lot of the time with races, like you're not going to be <laughs> able to have a salad halfway no, through a uh, Spartan race, right? So, what? How do you how do you fuel during races? Um, so Tailwind has been like a real eye opener. So. Shorter races, you don't. Um, 5K, I don't really feel like I need to fuel. And it's funny because my times are getting so much quicker from when I first started. So when I first started, I'd go out for the 5K and be like, okay, it's going to be like an hour and a half. I'm going to need something. And now I'm coming in and kind of like 40-ish minutes. So like with the obstacles. Um, so yeah, it's kind of learning that you need less and less. And Sean will always say like, you don't need that much nutrition. I'm like, well, I'm just going to take it. I'll just take a gel just in case. Or, <laughs> um, But yeah, for the longer stuff, tailwind is great it's tricky because obviously you want to race light so it's not long enough to need a whole pack and stuff like that so it's just kind of working out the race that i just did at the weekend was a 10k um and i just had a bottle with a scoop of tailwind in um, you're not allowed to pick anything out from like oh, oh like have sean give you a no. bottle halfway through oh, right no. you've got to carry no, it, it's it all it, yourself yeah you and anything you take from anyone else you're dq'd so i wouldn't be entertaining that and they're doing they've removed cups now at least in the philippines so there's no cups at water stools which actually i just took one of the little plastic reusable like squishy ones that yeah most like endurance the, yeah, the, the solomon bottles yeah yeah. yeah yeah um and that was absolutely fine um yeah so it's just 
I don't like gels. Gels don't sit well with me. So just a bit of Tailwind, just for when I felt like I needed like a sip of something, was yeah. fine. Yeah, no Tailwind's could get. And actually, oh, you're um, your you work with Red Dot and Jerry, and you're you're part of the sort of sponsored athletes program. Yes, from, from so those that guys, was right? that was this week as well, actually. Um, yeah, everything's been kind of kicking. So you had a crazy week. <laughs> so you you also won week. the first race of the season at the weekend the in the Philippines, the right? I did. That was really exciting, um, and that was a real last minute decision. So, like I say, the Vietnam race got cancelled, and I then basically, I'm a bit of a toddler, because my race had been cancelled. I didn't really want to train, and I knew that that was ridiculous, and I knew I still had races for the rest of the year, but I couldn't get there, and I was just like so unmotivated, and I was just sad, and Sean had put so much effort into my training, and I just wanted, really wanted to see if it was working, so I then started looking at, right, where is there a race, and I was like, okay, if there's a race that I can get to, I'm going to go, and I spoke to my friend Susie, um, and she's an amazing athlete, she does vertical marathons, and she was like, you need to prioritize this, like, you are an athlete now, so if you need to see your trainees working, like go and find a race and go. Um, so there was one in the Philippines, but I actually had, I do a women's workout once a month at Ministry of Fitness, and that was on the Sunday. So I was like, yikes, I can't cancel that. Like the race is not that important. Like, this is more important. So can I do it in one day? <laughs> and so I flew to the Philippines, slightly crazy, on the Friday night. Did the race Saturday morning and then flew back Saturday evening. So smash and grab, it and was you did smash and grab. You like you came home with the uh, with the gold. What they what do they call the medals? Like there, the plaque, plaque yeah. the, the triangle plaque. They're so cool. Yeah, um, yeah. So it was a real kind of yeah huge win. I felt really really strong and actually kind of looking and assessing performance and training couldn't be happier with how it went so it was worth the uh mad is it part of the, of the series no, it's, obviously it's not, not it's no. not but still like a good uh, a just good a bit of a test run. one and because they've moved so this like i say the super race used to be 13 kilometers and it's now a standard 10 so i didn't really know what that felt like and i wasn't sure how much faster that was going to be so it was good to go and test and was it pretty tough competition there as well there's some um, good, uh, good athletes in I'm sure like the, the travel, obviously at the moment, the coronavirus is yeah, sort of... Yeah, uh, I think it was tricky. There's some lovely girls there. Um, I came in seventh overall, which I was really happy with. And I had about a 10 minute time lead on second place. But yeah. I ran a clean race and I was really lucky. I hit my spear and that makes all the difference. So yeah, it was a nice feel. I think there were about 15 of us, so a decent sized field. Um, yeah. And I think everyone's kind of getting started for the season. So yeah, 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 cool. yeah. yeah. Very cool. Well, look, let's have a like, few sort of quick fire questions then. Right. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, um, you mentioned um, Matt, Matt's Fitzgerald yes. book. Have you read it? Are there 100%. any other books that you've, um, that you've read that have either been an inspiration to you or that have really sort of helped you in your uh, um, yeah, life or, or training? That's probably the biggest one. Um, the other one that I really like is Learning to Breathe Fire. I don't know if you've heard of it. No. I'd have to check who wrote it. I'm not sure off the top of my head. It's basically like the initiation of CrossFit. So where CrossFit came from, how it came about. Um, really inspiring book. Just really interesting. I kind of read it and I didn't know that I bought into CrossFit because I'd heard all the whole, oh, everyone gets so injured and it's really dangerous. And, blah, blah, blah. and kind of read the book and within kind of two or three pages, just a sense of how things begin it's just really interesting and so what's the name again uh, learning to breathe fire learning to breathe fire very cool are there any like um are there any people that have been an inspiration to you or oh so many people i it's funny there are so many people that inspire me for so many different things so i look at 
Oh, my husband's a huge inspiration. He's awesome. Yeah, he does you know, so yeah, you, you have to say that, don't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, but then there are people like there's a family here, the Shakers, and they are mum, dad, and two daughters, and they all do Spartan racing. And the daughters are kind of little one, like 11, 12-ish. She's going to hate me if I get that wrong. And then Hera's, she's just become the first teenager to get a scholarship for OCR specifically. Oh, really? They yeah. just got like to US colleges? To Singapore, to one of the ones here. But right. yeah, so she uh, is amazing. And they're just, they're the nicest family I've ever met. And they were kind of, as we got into OCR, we were really new to it. They were just so supportive. So they are just a huge inspiration in the way that they train, in the way that they kind of set up as a family. And they're just, yeah, they're just amazing people. So they're, yeah, they're a bit What name of the family? Uh, the Shakers. The so Shakers. If yeah. you're into OCR, you'll know who I'm talking about. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, if, and if you're not, I'm sure you can find them yeah. on Instagram. Yes, or sure. I bet they're like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, what, um, any kit that you recommend for under $100? Ooh, under $100. Um... Can it be nutrition? I'd say tailwind. Yeah. I, I don't know what you get for $100 nowadays. Oh, do you know what I do love? A spiky ball is amazing. Um, so just like a hard spiky ball just for recovery. I take them whenever we go traveling and that's just an easy one just to throw in your suitcase and kind of keep like rolling your feet out, rolling your calves out. That one's quite handy. Nutrition-wise, tailwind because... I can't take gels on there a nightmare. So that's been like a revolution in terms of training and fueling for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Just on that with the like spiky balls and so doing it as like mm. self-massage and mm -hmm. stuff. Do you do um, like what other recovery stuff do you do? So I'm really lucky in that I have got um, a recovery systems, the big blue max. So they're like giant inflatable blue Of course, legs, yeah. I like it. Yeah, I, they must have like, <laughs> your, so yeah, they must, I've seen you post on Instagram quite a lot with your recovery system. Yeah. But I've tried it in Jerry's store as okay, well and they yeah. are like, they, they are, are legit, aren't they? Le they're really so cool. legit like they weren't cheap but they have been worth every single penny every single cent that I spent on them so yeah I've literally every single night now I'll come home cook dinner and then me and Sean have got an amazing setup so I get zipped into the legs and then I sit there and he passes me my dinner and I sit in the legs and eat my dinner and it's like <laughs> uber chill doing all the good stuff um and especially when I was training for the longer distances it made the so what world does she do? Like, uh, so it compresses and then it releases. So it's engaging that blood flow and that stimulation. And it just has helped reduces so inflammation much. It reduces and, inflammation. He actually uses it. Mike's amazing. Um, and he'd be the one to talk to. He can talk for hours about it. And it's yeah, really interesting. Yeah, but it, they also do it with like diabetes patients who've got yeah. poor circulation. They've got the whole side in kind of the medical world as well. Yeah. So yeah, just really, it just keeps my training really consistent. And like I say, when I first started, I was riddled with injuries and it's actually just been something that I've been doing it every day consistently. And I'm really noticing that kind of benefits. So that's great. Yeah, that's cool. Um, what's been like your proudest moment, both um, actually like both personally, but also professionally as well professionally as a teacher yeah okay um so proudest moment as a teacher oh it's so many i think it's just it's not a moment in sense of kind of a spirit what so, age group do you teach so they're 10 and 11 years old okay and they're they're just a great age because they're great they're old enough to have a joke and have a bit of a laugh but they're not old enough that you get that kind of sass and yeah. like you can you can still kind of convince them of nice stuff so if you say stuff in the right tone of voice and you really buy into it like they're in it with you which is really nice as well but yeah i mentioned earlier i had my class my last year's class all came down and and did a race and that was amazing and then i took one of the boys in year six is um diagnosed with cerebral palsy so we took him around the like an adapted version of the course and that was amazing oh, that's cool um i basically yeah i think 
like I love to talk about fitness and training that they would get bored of it and they just don't and then like I'll have parents evenings and their parents will come and say like you've been an inspiration or so and so like my daughter's now talking about how she wants to do a real press up and like stuff like that so yeah it's just really sweet I think professionally just being able to combine something that I love Spartan with something that I love in teaching and actually seeing those little people being inspired because I think and then I look back at my childhood and I'm like it's so wrong so if I can yeah. give them any ounce of like the importance of health and fitness, like, I'd be in a way better place now if I'd started 20 years ago. Yeah, <laughs> I always think that's interesting, right? I mean, I like started getting into endurance sports quite late. I'm not, um, not very good at them, but I always think, oh, oh. I should have started early. But I think actually, if you had, I think like if you start later, and there's quite a few examples, people have done the podcast as well, that started later mm. and got fresher legs That's so true. able to yeah yeah uh, and, I guess. <laughs> um but having said that the intensity of um of uh, of spartan you probably don't want to wait until <laughs> your 40s before i could probably do uh, with a bit of a better base that's for sure but i'm working on it so yeah, yeah that's all good <laughs> but actually like just on that, i'm interested more like about how you sort of balance life as a uh, as a teacher <laughs> and then uh, um and then your sort of like um. ocr career because as you mentioned like you you can't train in the morning you're no. after going to school and that's but funny because in the uk school doesn't start until nine so in the uk i definitely could have trained in the morning but we like i'm at my desk by court kind of quarter past seven so training past seven yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, so. taking trust the like <laughs> the slave <laughs> drivers no. my son's no. at dover court and he starts at like nine as well All like right, you right, need I'm to change school. schools now yeah um yeah so i like i i went through basically i had this whole journey where i realized that actually training harder doesn't mean more and so when I was like okay I'm going to commit to it now so I'll train more and more and more and so I was trying to do it's crazy now to look back on it I was getting up in the morning at four and going and doing like 4 30 till 5 36 and then like coming back showering going straight to work and then I'd finish work and then go straight back to the gym and then I was doing another session um and I was, had so much work on that I was then working through my lunch break like it was just it was too much so yeah. that's not how you do it yeah um and I then now, you don't and you weren't sleeping properly no because well. then i'd get home from training at like nine and be having dinner so late and then i'd be trying to go to bed at like 10 and was getting up at four the next day to do it all again oh god it was a disaster um yeah so don't do that anymore and i think it's been how to balance it just i have to prioritize it and i think there's stuff that like people at work i stuff i just don't get invited to anymore because they know that Jess is training and she's probably not going to come. And if she does come, she doesn't drink anyway, so she's boring. <laughs> um, but I think that's what's been amazing about like having a community of people is that I now have people who do want to get up early on Saturday and go for a hike, or they yeah. get that okay, yeah, no, like I can come for dinner, but I'm probably going to leave at nine because I've got to go home and go to bed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So it's just like it, and like you say, having Sean wanting the same things makes it a lot easier. So I think it's just yeah, putting that training first and not always but like that's what's important to me so I make and it's also that's my downtime so I don't watch tv I don't like sit and play on my phone or whatever or sometimes I do but I will make sure that I'm going and training because that's what makes me happy so that makes it so much easier to balance like Sean hates running so he's like oh I've got to go running and I'm like yes I get to go running so (laughs) that's really helpful but yeah it's just it's what you want to focus on, right? Like yeah. there's always time in the day and there's always something that you can do, so. Yeah, it's all about just making the choices and, and prioritizing, right? Yeah. Um, so what, I mean, you've had a pretty 
crazy transformational story in such a short time period right and I think that's kind of what I sort of see as really inspiring is that you've gone like from being really overweight in like such a short period of time to being at the like podium of races and like uh, at every race you're in so any recommendations you'd have for people that um you know just getting started on the journey or like what what are the sort of biggest learnings you have that you would um like to pass on um i would say just go for it like you're gonna grow through doing stuff yeah so i think lots of people it's really interesting we're um doing a fitness competition this weekend and i was speaking to a couple of people who are kind of really unsure about signing up or not and i'd kind of said to them like look it's a really accessible workout and i think you'll be amazing and i think there's a lack of confidence that's still especially in women in sport that still kind of needs to be addressed so i'd say if you're sat on the fence and you're holding yourself back because you don't believe you can you absolutely can and no matter what it looks like like you can do something and you will make progress and i think knowing that there are so many ways to track progress is it pace is it how many times that i went to the gym when I first started going to the gym I had a sticker chart I was an adult but (laughs) 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 and this is brilliant so every time I went to the gym because I hated the gym isn't that funny I would get a sticker and then when I got 50 stickers Sean bought me a bag how brilliant it's like looking back now bought your bag as in like as in like a going out bag like well done you like I'm literally a child I'm like literally like doing the same process as my children at school that my husband is now doing with me at home it's amazing um but you like I used to be really extrinsically motivated and that's what got me started like it was that okay one session tick one I'll get a bag at the end of it um (laughs) whereas now it's all intrinsic like I do it because I love it I do it because it makes me happy and I think if you can find the thing that you like it doesn't have to be the gym um there's so much fitness out there like try loads of different stuff go and take part in free workouts there's loads of free workouts in Singapore it's amazing every time I go to the MRT someone's doing a Zumba class or something crazy it's awesome um yeah try stuff get started and reach out to people like I've had so many people messaging me and I absolutely love it like I now have some knowledge and there's so much knowledge out there now there are so many books there are podcasts like you guys and there's just a wealth of knowledge that you can tap into so like don't be afraid to ask and don't be afraid to do just just go and do it yeah i i think that's a great advice i mean just signing up yeah, in absolutely. the first place just like yeah. even just sign up and get yourself to the start line yeah and, uh, and, and there is like i have seen people who like the spartan in the singapore and um, in sorry in america they have an, a fully adaptive heat and they are amazing people with kind of like if you think you can't do a spartan race and you have every limb on your body like you've got no excuse like you can and you could if you want to so yeah yeah commit put something out there <laughs> Yeah, no, excellent advice. And um, and so I suppose just in, in closing, like how can people get in touch with you if they do want to find out oh, like, yeah, uh, about how do. to do training? Yeah. Um, so a couple of places. Um, I am, as you said, Smiley Spartan Racer on Instagram. That's probably the best way if you want to contact me directly. Um, myself and my husband now have Team Grit OCR. So it's a yes. website and an Instagram page. It does. We have online coaching. We have a blog. Um, we obviously got an email link to that that you're welcome to email us. We do training programs. So that's worth checking out. Um, and you have a gym here that you're that you do the training at we like? do it at ministry of fitness so okay. yeah we work really closely there like i say they're an awesome space they're just at tanjong pagar so they're literally like a two minute walk from where we are right now um yeah. but yeah really amazing training space that is well worth checking out um and it's got if you want to try spartan it's got all of the all uh, the, the kit yeah, yeah. yeah spear throw monkey bars tire flip um multi-rig 
uh, Herkhoist, like the whole shebang. Like yeah. if you're into Spartan, that's the place to go. Yeah, yeah, um, cool. So they're amazing. And then the only other thing, we've obviously just started our own podcast, which we get to do with two of our really close friends. So that is the OCR review. Um, yeah. So it's kind of focused on OCR news, current things from around the world. And just we're trying to focus on it being like a more worldwide focus because a lot of the there are other ones out there at the minute, but they're kind of American based. Yeah. And that's where the kind of the hub is at the minute. But we are still a little a little piece of OCR over here that is still quite exciting. So, yeah, we're just trying to kind of get that out there. Yeah, well, I am, I'm hoping that you have a like smashing season and then make yeah. it out, out to Abu Dhabi and... Uh, <laughs> And put um, put Asia Pacific on the map for the I world mean, well, as well. I'd be yeah, I'd be happy with kind of top twenty, maybe top fifty. I don't know. That's it's hard to know, but the, the U.S. girls are, are something else. So I'll yeah. just run as fast as I can on their tails. <laughs> yeah, very cool. Well, look, Jesse, it's been very cool having you on. Oh, um, I so like much. when I was doing the the um, the Everesting Challenge in Singapore. You came out and ran a few laps. That as was well, super fun. So. I mean, yeah, credit to you. I ran a few laps and was like, oh, this is tiring. I'm going to go home now. So. Uh, to be fair, you were running rings around me though. You were like. Coming, <laughs> Okay, I'm just going to do it as a training <laughs> session. And then you were like, okay, I can do it at your pace for a couple of laps as well. But, I mean, um, I did way less laps than you. But <laughs> yeah, but those, um, yeah, it was really good to see you out then. It's like really good to meet and have a chat with you. Yeah, wish you all the best for this season. Thanks so um, much. You might even see me at one of the Singapore ones. I might come down. March and do- 28th. March 28th, yeah. is it? Okay. What, and that's- a, it's interesting because it's a day race and a night race. It's the first night race in Asia. So it'll be a little bit what different. What distances? Just a five. See, that's oh, the you problem. want it longer? It's too short. Okay, <laughs> 50k Malaysia. I'll the see you pro- there. Yeah, yeah, uh, 50k Malaysia. I think the ultra. I've kind of said it before that I want to do the ultra, but I've, I'll have some work to do down right. at the Ministry of Fitness. Yeah, to be able to do the obstacles. But cool, great to have you on, Jesse. Thank Cheers, you so much. Dear. Bye. Bye. Like the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad. Hello, Mr. Rick Stockfish. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, Scott. Good to see you again, mate. Yeah, it's been a bit of a while once again. Been a couple of weeks. Um, what did you uh, What do you think of uh, of Jesse there? Yeah, it's another inspiring story, isn't it? Just um, like a lot of the people we've had on, just that, that transformation and uh, uh, you know turning your life around and then turning it into to an obsession. And now, in her case, uh, kind of professional life almost. Yeah, I mean, she continues to be a. Um, uh, uh, or a school teacher at Tanglin Trust, but I think, um, yeah, obsession. It seems to be the uh, the operative word. I mean, it's similar to to Maggie that we had on before. Like there, to be able to race at the pointy end of these kind of um, all of these races, you just need like the utmost commitment for it right it needs to everything needs to revolve around it um outside of your day job you mm-hmm. just need to 100 percent focus from the diet from a training from an overall wellness and sleep and well-being perspective but um but yeah she's um impressive and i'm excited to see what she's doing this this season she's had certainly had a um yeah she's had a big week yeah it's good to see getting getting kind of sponsorship and um performing really well in the philippines yeah, and uh, and also yeah, she's pro Spartan sp- uh, sponsored, and then she works with Red Dot, representing Tailwind and uh, um, an Instinct bag. So yeah, and no, I'm re- really happy for her, and uh, yeah, looking forward to to seeing what she does this season. Um, yeah, off up to uh, to Hong Kong. Yeah, so you're going to go and go and finish up what you what you didn't manage to do on the four trails yeah going to um uh there's a few of us the uh the losers from the the hong kong four trails um i'm going with uh with milos will haywood and habiba 
going to do some unfinished business and um, and finish off the Hong Kong Trail and then heading over to Lantau on the 3 a.m. ferry and uh, and going to go and, um, and smash out the Lantau Trail. Um, where I think there'll be a few people out there as well. Yeah, Lantau. it sounds like, so that's, I think, the, the, the unofficial Translantau is happening. We talked last time about how there's a kind of increasingly un- unofficial race scene in Hong Kong with so many events being cancelled, but I think um, it sounds like this will be a particularly special one because uh, uh, Nia Cooper, Nick Tinworth's partner, is uh, is racing to complete her Hong Kong Grand Slam. Yeah, she's been um, obviously raising um, raising funds for um, for brain cancer charity, and um, yeah, it's been a pretty tough week, right? Yeah, it's it's horrible, and uh, you know, it's, it's I, I can't claim to have known Nick at all, really. I'm, I mean, I, we we met and for the interview on the podcast last year, and it's just uh, just just an awful uh, awful thing to have happen. Yeah, I think that. I mean, we were just discussing before, like the kind of impact that he's had on the trail running community. There's been some really important people that have both launched the the trail running community and racing community in Hong Kong and across the region. You think of like the Keith Noyes um, of these world, like Michael Matters. And, um, but I think they're obviously from a race director perspective, which Nick obviously was, but from actual like, building out a community that people feel part of it has to be like kind of one of the main nucleuses right i think so he just his name come that came up so often and and everyone knew him and he was i mean you you made a good point which is he was through his day job and just 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 the person he was he was a great communicator and a great um great social media presence and i think you know that that just really helped build that network of, of people and awareness of what's going on and passion for the community is it was everything yeah I mean I used to work for a social media company and I used to look at Nick and be like he is I, I used to go out and actually do sessions with executives on how to um how to be like a social leader and stuff and and I honestly used to look at Nick Tingworth as one of the best social media practitioners I think he there's a lot of um negative feedback about social media about how it brings out the worst in people and it like it's so egotistical and people just put their um only their best self out there it isn't a true authentic showing of their self um and I think Nick w- was just he just used the kind of platforms for good and you look at the Facebook um the Hong Kong trail running Facebook community that's over 6000 strong that he um that he founded and the amount of like uh just like positive communication and uh, and how that sort of helped so many people to become better trail runners it's helped the community as a, as a whole um and and you know we that's that's him that was and he was like moderated it amazingly well was always in yeah, like deep in conversations with everyone and and sort of just brought all of those people together and I think with that I didn't know Nick like very well obviously met him quite a few times and we used to communicate on on socials a lot but I think that the way that he was so proactive on social media and put his whole self out there made it um, and like had a great blog and. Uh, made everyone feel like they knew him he had this like uh this sort of persona like you know everyone felt like they um they had a connection with him well yeah and you look at just the outpouring of of sympathy and support this week 
um, and how the community's kind of immediately rallied around and, and, and Steve from Race Base is his co-founder co there. They've kind of, they're looking at, they're restarting um, the, the kind of trail running nights, trail running night runs in Hong Kong that Nick had kind of gotten started a few years back. And I think, um, I think his legacy will just undoubtedly live on for a very, very, very long time. Yeah, absolutely. And and also the obviously with the race base, there's challenges at the moment going on with the races. I think Steve has said that hella high water that um country of origins will be going ahead in uh, in April. Yeah. Love to get up for that. And that's that was uh, <clears throat> and they sort of mentioned on the podcast and I recommend anyone going back to have a little um have a little listen to the um the the race base um um podcast but um each of them had a race that they um they direct that was their baby and country of origins was Nick's yeah. like he started that he brought it into the race base family and um and just the ethos and the creativity in that race and i think that's one thing that Nick's got to be remembered for is the his level of of creativity both from a ui ux design but from a communication perspective from the events that you organized and I think one thing I really picked up from that first podcast is is all about the story, mm -hmm. and like when you think about Nine Dragons, um, yeah. the the story they built out that that was kind of like his creativity that pulled that together, and um, and I think that's one of the things that I'll remember him most for. Yeah, and I think I think in a way it's it's kind of sort of doubly sad timing because I think Hong Kong's going through such a such a tough time at the moment with the protests and now the virus, and I think Nick was a real lover of and champion of hong kong yeah and not not just the trail running scene but i mean sort of the, the trails and the trail running as a prison through which to see what was so special about hong kong yeah. you know and uh i think um i think if anyone wants to see you know what nick what nick achieved and what he meant to that city i think you know get yourself to hong kong for country of origin because it will it will be a race like no other this year i think yeah yeah and i just i mean i know that steve said through hell of high water it's going to go ahead but it's not just this year yeah. like that race will will live on obviously for like yeah. uh, generations forward and i think that um you know his i think people and we talk about legacy i think people will always be able to through the races that the race-based team have pulled together will always be able to like I suppose live part of what he's like through his legacy mm -hmm. they'll be able to experience it and uh, I think every every finish line like, he's the kind of guy just like hug everyone coming over the finish line and yeah. uh, um, well it's funny because I saw it on socials this week like quite a lot of the pro runners I follow on the socials have been posting um, I don't know if it's international running week or something like anyway they're a lot of them posting about what running means to them and why why running so special and I think I just encourage people to go back and just just look up online, look at what Nick wrote about running over the years. Yeah, and uh, yeah, just such a champion for the sport and 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 what it can do for your your, your friendship groups and your your own life. Yeah, and your uh, own well being. Yeah. and I think like uh, everything from like mental health to like everything um, that he was a champion of that, and. The other legacy is really the, the all the content that he did put out mm -hmm. there, and um, there's always a thing with social media is like, if um, like what do you do when, when someone does pass away? Like, do you close down their profiles? And like the thing I'm, when I worked at LinkedIn, if anyone passed away, it was you know you, getting a reminder of like work anniversaries of stuff that have passed away were like quite hard. But actually, 
there's so much content that you put up on there that, that I think needs to live on and I think that same like with um, people being able to go back and view all of his old mm-hmm. content because there was yeah so much good stuff out there that people can learn from and um, and yeah I recommend sort of like yeah seeing some of his posts on LinkedIn one that I just read again this week was is it, uh, it was really poignant I think the um, the um, dragon's back race in uh in in oh, wales. wales he was gonna do yeah so he, he like and it, he posted that it would back in tw- he was supposed to be racing in 2019 and um and so he posted um the, about that race and why he wanted to do it and his passion for it and um and then it was soon after that that he actually um that he got diagnosed that he had his seizures and then got diagnosed um with, with a tumor and um i think for me like uh, that's just made me do, i like i want to go and do that race now like i'm like and uh um almost for him but just in his in his memory like the the 2021 version like i'm in like i'm uh um i really feel really i mean i i went and um saw nick when i was um up in hong kong after the four trails and um uh um when he was in the hospice and um I went to like tell him about the four trails basically and tell him what happened and give him a bit of a report on like um on all of the finishes and stuff and um and then we were just we were talking about like the the nine dragons and just why he was so passionate about it we also talked to i was asking things about what his favorite like trails and stuff in in hong kong were and uh you know he's like dog tooth dog's teeth ridge um was one of his one of his favorites plover clove and um um and uh but yeah we talked about like the dragon's back and now like uh yeah um it's just yeah so it was so important to him so i hope to um hope to be out there um hope to be out there in Next 2021 year. yeah yeah but yeah tough week and um I, i'm i um, yeah i'm hoping like hong kong so the 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 translante will be an unofficial version and there'll be people going into Mui Wo. So actually for, for those of us like that are fin- the four of us that are finishing four trails, but hopefully we should get in like about six or 7 PM. Um, if we do it decent pace and, um, and then, uh, yeah, we can sort of meet up with some of the community at the end. There will be pretty cool. Yeah. Sounds good. Well, let us know how it goes. Yes, we'll do, sir. And, um, we've got some, um, got some good podcasts coming up in actually the ne- next few weeks. Um, we're, um, so yeah, looking forward to, to sharing, uh, sharing some of those and, um, and hopefully that, you know, with, there's still some challenges going on with the coronavirus and races being postponed and, and, and cancelled. So yeah, fingers crossed that things start to, um, start to improve on that score and, uh, the race season can, can continue. One actually last thing I wanted to say was, um, uh, our previous podcast guest Seb um, Bertrand in um, in Thailand talked a lot when we interviewed him about him wanting to set up a UTMB race, and he's finally succeeded in that. Did you see that this week? So they've got a um, yeah, they've got a UTB, um, UTMB um, series race for Thailand. He's yeah, finally it. so it's going ahead. Uh, they had a um, a practice one just recently, and then now the official race is, is scheduled for November. So. Uh, yeah, really chuffed for him. That is after three or four years yeah, of, yeah. of uh, camp- campaigning for that, it's finally uh, finally happening. But um, fantastic! Probably uh, look forward to seeing Jay and people like that uh, at the front of the field. Well, yeah, I'd quite like to um, to get up for it as well. All being well, um, right? Nice one, Rick. Talk Good to stuff, you soon, mate. Speak to you soon. Tell the truthful story if they ever ask. Stop the complaining because things ain't that bad.